This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and thank you for joining us on this July 6th edition of Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And you may have noticed a simple yet pretty striking statement on the Invest Talk website. And I've said it many, many times. This is about above average investing for the average investor. And I mean that. I really mean it. For the web and for this radio program, our goal with Invest Talk platforms is to inform, educate, and helpfully guide. Over time, we hope, I hope, it strengthens our relationship, it strengthens your knowledge. And it's a two way street, right? I mean, Justin and I invite your interaction via phone calls. We also encourage that you message us via investtalk.com, especially with advanced technical questions or when you have concerns that will require more specialized handling. Because the radio, you know, it's very difficult to get in depth with any one particular issue. Well, the phone lines are right uh, open. They're open right now, 888-99-CHART. It is Friday. Another weekend starts for most people in about an hour, some people earlier. And on this program, as I do every Friday, I will spend a little time highlighting some of the featured information distributed with our KPP Financial Newsletter. It goes out every Friday, as you know. Every Friday to all the subscribers. Here's a sneak preview. We had a shortened week due to the 4th of July holiday. So the market was a bit unpredictable, a bit volatile. I get into why. Also, please don't get sucked into financial aid for college scams. There's a lot of them out there, and this is the time they're pushing them. It happens. And, of course, we've got a couple stock picks. You'll get the clues. We'll let you know. But now let's go, let's go ahead and jumpstart right into the weekend with the good questions from you, our listeners. Here's a question that came in earlier on our Anytime Listener Line, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve. This is Will in Chicago calling. Thanks for your program. I've been learning a lot, and I have a question about the S&P 500. You had mentioned on yesterday, on Tuesday's program, that the S&P had bounced off of its 200-day moving average. And I wanted to know if you could take a look at an indicator on stockcharts.com, symbol dollar sign SPXA200R. Um, that indicates to me that just over half of the stocks that are in the S&P are indeed above their 200-day moving average, but uh, just under half of those stocks are, in fact, currently under their uh, support. So I wondered if, if you could let uh, the listeners know if you look at indicators like that one, whether you take them seriously or uh, whether there are other indicators that we ought to be looking at right now. Thank you. Well, it is helpful to look at the broader market uh, and that's what you're really doing, looking at the broader in-depth market of the S&P 500. Where I look at the entire market, I think the dollar sign is, the symbol is dollar sign NDX. Uh, let me type that in, NDX. 
Yeah, and you'll see that as a bro the broader market, and it pretty much it mirrors the S and P 500. It does, but this is the entire stock market, not just the 500 biggest companies. Um, and you'll see that that too also approach closely, but not as exact as the S and P 500. The 200-day moving average. Uh, on an intraday le level, both back in February when we had that 10% correction, then retested that correction in April, and another little retest in late April. And then uh, just the recent weakness we've seen, it tested a shorter-term 50-day moving average, but not back down to 200, not yet. And a nice bounce up today. So you're, we're talking about technical analysis, everybody. And technical analysis is nothing more then looking at a stock chart movement of the stock, usually you start with a one-year daily chart and you put different studies on it. Moving averages, relative strength, MACDs, that's moving average convergence divergence, MACD. Uh, a volume, you look at different things to try to determine, decipher what's happening, what the investors are doing to the entire market or individual stock. And that's what he's talking about. And uh, I do look at the broader indexes, and I like to look at the sector rotation also. Good question. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Okay, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So uh, the KBP Premium Newsletter went out today. It, it goes out every Friday. Usually, I get it. I, I work on it early morning. I work on it a lot during the week, but I work on it early morning to get it done. And I usually get it out before lunchtime, usually. Um, and I mentioned this week about the closure of the market for the middle of the week, which is 4th of July, and closed early on the 3rd. And, of course, that produces volatility. I, and talked about, and which is, yeah, I have to, talk about the trade, quote-unquote, war that I'm not so worried about, but everybody else seems to be worried about. And for the last 20, 30 years, I mentioned the U.S., which is the largest trading partner for many countries, has been taken advantage of with barriers to our goods we export and few barriers on those goods people export to us. So I mentioned that, and I think we're in a, you know, if, if you're going to try to get a better deal, which President Trump is trying to do, this is the best time to do it. Our, our, our economy is the strongest. Our, our stock market is strong compared to other countries. China's in a bear market. This would be a good time to do it. Clearly. The, uh, you know, I also mentioned in the newsletter that the people, uh, experts are upping sharply their third, their, their um, second quarter growth prospects. Some even over 5%. I don't know if it's going to be that good, but. I mentioned, I talk, go into a little bit more detail in the newsletter. In the portfolio management section, I talk about good shareholder stewardship. And that's always a good hallmark for good stock investment. What's stewardship? Management. What the, how, how, well the, how well they manage the company. You know, do they put the shareholders' interests first or keep at least as a priority instead of their own interests or the interests of some political point of view? Shareholder, remember, you're the owner. As a shareholder, you own the company. So I talk about that. Consumer Watch, I mentioned the uh, student uh, scams for college, for preparing, you know, preparing for college. There's a number of them out there. you got to be careful. 
So, uh, those were talking about a couple stock ideas. One is about a domestic airline carrier, and another is about a natural food grocery store chain. Those kinds of things. So, if you're interested in the premium newsletter, you can automatically receive this any anytime in your inbox every Friday. It goes out every week. But you got to go to investtalk.com and sign up for it. It costs about a little less than $10 a month. You get every Friday. Every Friday. Anyways, what are we going to talk about today? Why travel stocks could be in trouble just as vacation season begins. Why travel stocks could be in trouble. I'm going to go into that in a little more detail. And, of course, you got to talk about the jobs report that was out this morning. I've got to. It's got some interesting twists in it, but I got to. It's pretty strong. And buy the dips on this trade war talk and action that's going on. I'm suggesting, I am suggesting you buy the dips. And finally, on a Friday, I usually try to make something, you know, have something a little lighter. Retirement for couples. It can be very trying. I think that's going to be an issue in my own household if I if I ever retire before I die. Um, because I don't know if my wife would like me to be home all the time. I don't know if I want to be home all the time. So we're going to go into that a little bit. The market was up. The Dow was up 100 points. But so was the NASDAQ. The NASDAQ was up 101 points. So that was much stronger than the Dow. And so was the S&P. is up 23 points. That was much stronger than the Dow, too. So we had a pretty good day. And in actuality, the week, was, you know, with the topping off today, was pretty decent. Pretty decent for a short, shortened week. Pretty decent day. Pretty decent week. I'm Steve Peasley. I thank you for making time to listen to me here on Invest Talk on your busy Friday, getting ready for the weekend. If you listen on a regular basis, you like, you, you're likely to hear a pattern in the presentation, right? I give straightforward information. I try to do it with unbiased research and it is by design Dustin and I do our best to make the complex understandable and we always appreciate your import input so please call 888-99-CHART it's a Friday invest talk July is in the batter's circle the first week was holiday short, and the real fun begins Monday. But now, you have questions, and Steve's at his desk. He'll have answers. Give him a call, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve or Justin. This is James over in Boston. I'm 24 years old. I uh, just recently opened up a Roth IRA, and I put a decent amount of money in there. I put $2,500 in there in cash, and I'm just curious, I'm looking at the S&P 500, and I don't know if it's a good play, if I should hold off, or what, so I wanted your opinion on that, and if, if it's not a good play, uh, what would be your recommendation for a long-term investment, something that I can stick with and continually put a little bit of money in each month? Thanks so much, I'll listen to the show for your answer. Well, I think the S&P 500 is a good start. I do. Uh, and you can buy the ETF. The symbol is SPY. And there's others. But SPY is the most, uh, the broadest and the biggest one out there. 
Um, and yeah, it's a good one. I would try to buy, maybe to take the 2500 buy it three times, 1000 thousand, thousand, then 500 and spread it over like the next couple, three months. And buy when there's weakness. Buy when you no one else is buying. Buy when there's, you know, you know, worry out there. Um, I think you want to be in the market, in the market, invested before the end of fall. You know, before winter starts. Uh, and that seems, you know, that is always the the last quarter of the year and the first quarter of the year are always the two best quarters. The middle of the year always is the weakest. Doesn't mean that they go down all the time. It's just that they're the weakest um, of the four quarters. And I think that this is, you know, with all this trade talk and the Fed raising rates and the elections coming up, you're going to be volatile. We've seen it already. That has been volatile. And I think it's going to continue to be. And you buy on dips. You buy on dips. Uh, don't chase something that's already done really great. Don't do that. But I, for you, being a, just getting started, I, I would use an index, ETF index. Then you can diversify from there and do other ETFs. Okay? Time for Investoc 101, the power of ETFs, exchange-traded funds. That's what they're called. There, there are ETFs to get you into global emerging markets. You can latch onto stock indexes. There are even ETFs that you, let you track volatility, currencies, real estate. We call those REITs, R-E-I-T-S. Commodities. You can get into almost anything. Okay, well, you can, you know, okay. So commodities are an example of an asset class that was less accessible, accessible to retail investors until until these ETFs came along. Prior to it, the advent of them, you just couldn't invest in certain things just because they, they were very difficult. Okay, so, you know, commodity prices usually rise when inflation is accelerating, making them an important hedge against rising prices, potentially protecting purchase power of your capital. In other words, protect the portfolio. It gives you diversifications. So, those are things that ETFs can do for you. You can get into different parts and different things in the market. So if you have questions, you want to send me a message about them at investtalk.com. Just click on the contact us menu and send me an email. I'll answer all the questions you send. Here's why I asked you a question or two. Before we go, 888-99-CHART. Give me a call. Is your portfolio doing as well as it could, as well as it should? If you don't know, or if you think not, you should register for a no-cost portfolio review conducted by InvestTalk Steve Peasley. He'll be making a limited number of one-on-one -on -one appointments for July 18th in San Jose. Do you want to get in on this opportunity? Register now at InvestTalk.com. Let's get back to your calls, 888-99-CHART. Okay, why travel stocks could be in trouble just a vacation season begins. And what, this is an article that you can view on investtalk.com, and what, the, what it's referring to is several things. First, the Federal Reserve, you know, is worried about inflation, and they, their, their favorite inflation gauge is the PCE, Personal Consumption Expenditure. 
and they're seeing it ro rise the last 12 months, about 2.3%. And if you look at the uh, core, it's about 2%, which is, by the way, their target. Between 2 and 2 and a quarter, 2, 2 and a half percent is what they want. But they're seeing pressures build. But their wage, the pressures in inflation for goods and services is outstripping wage gains. So wage gains are weaker even than that pretty small gain in inflation. But inflation is picking up a little bit. We know that. So since, since that is happening, that means the consumer, the vacationer, is getting less money and is costing more to take his vacation. He's earning less and costing him more. And therefore, that scenario could hurt the vacation. Now, I think the link between these two is not that strong. It's not as strong as this particular article points out. I don't think it is. Because I think consumers spend money based on the perception. Okay, not the reality of what they make, but on the perception of what they're going to make. At the perception of the health of their financial situation in which they add up all their money, you know, including the price of the house that's increasing, and then their 401k. And they tend to overspend. One other factor that this article brings up, which I think is probably even a little bit more important, is the debt level that consumers are carrying. Student debt levels, trillions of dollars. These debt levels do have a more dampening effect on consumers' spending and i'm more concerned about that than anything else but it's an interesting article i i really would suggest that you if you have time to read it um and it's an issue that is a concern i think 888-99-CHART 888-992-4278 or anytime listen online is the same all the time 888-99-CHART and of course you can get your questions into me whenever you want to Here's a question that came in earlier. Hi, this is Mike from Indiana. I bought BGS, BNG Foods, at low 20s. It's had a nice run recently, and I'm just wondering if I should start to consider taking half of it off the table or whether you think it's got legs to run for a while yet. I'll be listening for your answer on the show. Thanks for everything you guys do. Okay, B&G Foods, symbol BGS, is a stock that we own in our stock-managed accounts. It pays a 5.9% dividend yield, like that. Manufactures shelf-stable food products, such as jellies and hot sauces, sold in the United States, Canada. It's a $2.1 billion company. Sales have uh, increased. They only were up 5% in March. Before that, they were up 15%. Before that, was 28%. Before that, was 20%. So the March sales was down, you know, was not as strong growth as it has been. But the stock has been moving up from the low 20s. Now it's 32, 35. I think it's got a little bit more ways to go. We're not selling it. The P.E. ratio going forward, remember, it's a $32 stock. going to make $2.18. So you're talking about a P of around 15, 16, and the range is 11 to 26. So it's kind of right in the middle. Return on equity is 17%, kind of like that. Uh, so I, I still think it might have legs to grow. Uh, I might get up to about the high 30s, 
then I think it's going to start having struggles. We'll have to reevaluate it if it gets there. Again, we own that in our managed accounts, BGS, and have for some time. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Jobs, of course, is uh, all the rage today. And I think that's what held up the market today because there was a lot of uh, trade talk that normally would hurt the market, but it didn't really do that much damage today. market probably would have been a lot better off. There wasn't any trade war talk, but it is what it is. Now, here's an investing term you should know, narrowing the spread. What is that? What's the spread? Narrowing the spread. What's the spread? What are we talking about? That's the difference between the bid and the ask price of a security. Remember, our market is an open cry market, meaning there's always someone offering to sell something at a price and someone offering to buy something at a certain price of a particular stock or commodity or whatever. And that is what we have. The spread between those prices is what we're talking about. Narrowing the spread. How narrow is that spread? Here's why I ask you a question or two. Do you happen to live in Northern California? Anywhere in the Bay Area? Or maybe close to Sacramento or Stockton? Well, I ask because I'm coming up your way for a personalized portfolio review appointments on July 18th. Yes, I'll be in San Jose. I'd like to meet you. I can very likely show you how to make your investment form better. You can register at investtalk.com. And right now is also a good time to get me your financial questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We thank you for subscribing to our podcast. You can join our InvestTalk insiders and gain access to our library of webinars like Seeing the Cycles, How to Recognize and Harness the Power of Market Cycles. Hidden in the continuous stream of numbers are cyclical occurrences, which help us anticipate both opportunity and risk. It's a free benefit for our InvestTalk listeners. Just click on the InvestTalk tab on InvestTalk.com. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, where their number one mission is helping you grow and protect your money. How can KPP accomplish this? Well, they offer a variety of special investing programs, and one will be best suited for your risk tolerance. You can learn more anytime at investtalk.com. Even better, contact Steve or Justin through a message on investtalk.com. But now, Give us a call with your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to Raphael in New Jersey. How are you doing, Raphael? Hey, Steve. How are you doing? Hope you had a great fourth. I did. Thank you for the call, and thank you for that. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Um, wanted to ask you, ask you guys your opinion on Green Dot, G-D-O-T. Uh, it's been something I've been eyeing for a while. I like the valuation at 21 times versus an expected uh, five-year CAGR of 30%. And it's in a nice niche area right now. And it doesn't get all the credit of Square and PayPal either. So why – now, I'm not criticizing Raphael, but why are you keep watching? Why haven't you just gone and buy it? 
What's stopping you? Because, to be honest with you, Steve, what it is is with the, with the pullback in the markets and the um, jumpiness in the markets, I've been finding a lot of great buys uh-huh. lately, so I've, I haven't really I haven't triggered this buy yet. <laughs> That's okay. Why. Okay. No problem. That's that's a better answer than I expected. You want to know truth, Ralph? Yeah. Because <laughs> I've been finding some pretty good bargains too out there, and say, man, I, I can't pass this one up or that. But this looks pretty good. Uh, Green Dot Corporation, everybody, uh, offers general purpose reloadable prepaid debit cards to consumers at about 100,000 locations in the United States. It's a 3.9 billion dollar company, so it's a mid cap. They've made money. They continue to make money. They're growing their money very consistently. Okay, so, and the sales growth is pretty, as you pointed out, mid-20s to low 30s percent per quarter growth. So, uh, the P, it's a four, $75 stock going to make $3.42 next year. That's what I have. Uh, and, that, of course, that's a little on the expensive side. Return on equity is 16%, which is very healthy. Cash flow is strong. Hardly any debt. So it's got a lot of things to say for itself. And Raphael, I buy it on the next dip. I don't know if I buy it right here because it's close to its 52-week high. Uh, I, I think I'd buy it on the next dip. If you get a dip, I would just go ahead and buy it because it looks very strong. It really does. Okay? Appreciate the call. Let's go to uh, Shavid in Boston. How you doing, Shavid? Boston, my favorite city. One of my favorite cities, I should say. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. Thank you for the call. Mm-hmm. Actually, I was. I would like to know more about KLAC. Okay, uh, KLA Ten Core Corporation. KLAC is the symbol. Manufactures process yeah. control and yield management systems for uh, nano electronics, LED, and. Data storage, yeah. it's a $16 billion, $16 billion company. So, Stravid, it is a big company, big blue chip company. Uh, and for everybody, you, when you're looking at a big blue chip company, the reason why I even mentioned their market caps, because they go along with the f- speed of growth. The bigger the company, the harder it is to grow. So, if you can find a big company like this one, $16 billion, that's growing 10, 11, 12, 15%, that's pretty good. If the company is $2 billion size and it's growing 10, 11, 12, that's uh, just okay. You know? So that's why I always mention the market cap side. Pays a nice dividend. Earnings are growing nicely. It's $104 stock. We're going to make $8.68 next year, meaning it's fairly low priced. This is a low priced stock with good growth. This is a very good buy point. It already pulled back, and this is the pullback that you would buy. It, it was $117, $120. It got, went down to 100 and It's done that three times since February, and every time it's gotten yeah. about 100 it has bounced. So now it's 104 This is where it was up $4 today or so, uh, through $2 and, what, 34 cents, I guess it was. This is where you'd buy it. you buy it at this point, KLAC. Appreciate oh. the call, Javid. Thank you for the call. Yeah, you know, everybody, you got to buy it when it when you see, if you have a very strong company and you see it on coming down to a dip, you got to make, you got to make this decision. That's the hardest thing about investing is there's always decisions to be made. You got to make the decisions. Okay. Either buy or sell. You can't just keep watching. 
Okay, jobs report. 213,000 new jobs were produced in June. And, of course, they also increased the previous two months' jobs also. And the 213,000 jobs was more than expected at 200,000. Only one sector of the job markets fell, and that was retail sector. 21,000 jobs were lost there. And the unemployment rate went up to 4% from 3.8%. Remember, 3.8% was like a 17-year low in the unemployment rate. Then it went up after producing 213,000 jobs. Why? And that was a little twist. What happened today is 600,000 more people entered the labor market, the labor pool. 600,000 people entered. Well, where were they? They were people that the government wasn't counting. Remember I've mentioned this before. The government doesn't count people that are not looking for a job or not collecting unemployment rates. They don't count them. They don't count them as unemployed anymore, even though they may be unemployed. So here's 6,000 of those non-counted people that came back into the job market. And that's why the unemployment rate went up to 4% instead of, three, instead of what uh, the previous 3.8%. Well, what's interesting also was that ages were up 5 cents, which is pretty meager. And I pointed out earlier in the show, is that's a pretty meager uh, increase, an hourly increase, 5 cents, to $26.98. And that was kind of unchanged from the month before. So not much inflation, right? Just not much wage inflation. The Federal Reserve sees inflation, but not necessarily wage inflation. And, of course, that went to our first talking point about, you know, people taking vacations. Inflation is coming, a little bit of it anyways, but nothing in the wages. So there's, And they have high debt, so they have a hard time spending money. I don't know if I, remember, as I said, I don't know if that link is all that strong. Because people spend money when they feel good. They go on vacations when they feel good, when they feel wealthy. Even though they may not be wealthy, they feel it. I'm Steve Peasley, and I have a feeling that a good many of you are loyal Invest Talk listeners. So I want to thank you. But in case a few of you are new to Invest Talk, I do what I do want you to know that Justin and Klein and I put a lot of effort into producing this radio show. We have purposely designed the program to provide accessible platform for specific discussions. Discussions about stocks, discussions about economics, discussions about anything financial. We want to also make it broader. We'd like to broaden it out if we can, but if you have a stock question, we're going to answer it. But any non-stock question is appreciated. Now, why do we do that? Well, remember, we're, we're trying to inform and educate and guide listeners. And, you know, many people don't understand a lot of the terms that we're using. And then other people totally understand it. So it's a variety of people of listeners we have that we're trying to satisfy. But I do appreciate all your calls. And I, and I absolutely invite you to participate. 888-99-CHART. You are an investor. You've taken things about as far as you can on your own, and now you realize you're ready for professional assistance. So if you want to up your game, and if you live anywhere in Northern California, you'll have one chance to take advantage of a no-cost investment portfolio review with Talk Steve Beasley. The date will be July 18th. Steve is coming to San Jose, but appointments are limited. There's still time to register if you act soon. 
So get started on the path to your free portfolio tune-up and begin maximizing the potential of your investment dollars. Go to investtalk.com on the InvestTalk menu link, scroll down, then click Portfolio Review. And now, have you got a question for Steve? Give him a call, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to Bill in Petaluma. How are you doing, Bill? Hi, I'm doing fine, and uh, happy Friday to you. Thank you. Appreciate the call. I uh, would like to get your insights on uh, a company called Dana Incorporated. The symbol is D-A-N. Uh, I was looking at a value line sheet, and it, uh, it looks pretty promising to me. I'm wondering if you see any... Uh, bumps in the road, so to speak, regarding this particular stock. Now, Dave, uh, uh, um, Bill, you're looking at the value line sheet. Let me, can I, I want to talk about that so everybody else understands what you're looking at. Value line is a company that produces reports. And they used to produce one-page reports that, look, that were really condensed and had all the information on a particular company. Now, of course, it's online. I don't know if they still produce the hard sheets. Do they, Bill? Do, do they still produce uh, the, in the paper some sheets? Some libraries do, or some libraries uh, uh, that used to have the books uh, have the service mm -hmm. online. That, that's what ours does. Ah. Okay. And that's what he's referring to. He's done research, and that's all fundamental analysis on those sheets, which are very good, by the way. I, I, I used them for years. I like them. Dana Corporation manufactures covered modules, axles, gaskets, suspensions, and drive shafts. Now, we own in our managed account something that's similar, but not this particular one. Not this one. Um, this stock has been falling from $35 back at the beginning of the year to $20.38. Pretty much gone down, 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 down. While it's doing that, sales have been going up. Not down, up. This most recent quarter, sales were up 26%. Quarter before that, they were up 27%. Quarter before that, up 32%. Quarter before that, up 19%, and then 17 and then 5 And two years ago, the first two quarters, they were shrinking. Okay, so I guess we're saying that they moved up from a low of 10 to 34 anticipating the growth we're seeing here in the last couple of years, I guess. But what is the value of the company? Well, they're going to make $3.20. It's a $20 stock. And, and Bill, this is like this, very similar to the stock we bought, meaning the P.E. is really, really low. Okay? And its return equity is high, 34. Cash flow is high. And they pay a dividend of 2%. I like it, Bill. <laughs> I like it a lot. It's a good value. Okay, the last three or four days, it looks like a put in a bottom. You might want to wait to see it break like a 10-day moving average or a 20-day moving average to break up a little bit to give you a little bit more confidence. Because I can really see it going down to about $18 or so. I can see that happening. But, man, this is the kind of stock you want to pick up. You're doing the right thing, Bill. You're doing the okay. right thing. Okay, I I thank you for your insights very much. Have a good weekend when you're done with this. <laughs> you too. Thank you. I appreciate it. Dana Corporation, everybody. D-A-N of the symbol. I mean, I, all you have to do is look at even the previous year's earnings. Uh, last year, it made $2.52. The high was 33 
Remember, it's going to make 320 this year. And uh, it, 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 the earnings are very consistently going up, going all the way back to 2011. They had one bad year, 2013, where they earned only 22 cents a share. But other than that, it's been pretty consistent growth. I don't know. It looks pretty inexpensive to me. I like it. 888-99-CHART. Okay. I've been saying, and I'm going to say some more, buy the dips on this trade war talk. If the market market one day gets crushed because of the trade war talk, buy it. It just needs, you know, I, I don't, I, you know, I don't think it's going to be long lasting. When I say that, I mean years. I don't see that happening in the kind of trade war. What I see is negotiations down the road. What I see is positioning, jockeying, uh, leverage. That's what I see going on now that President Trump is trying. And I really, really suggest that you read his book, Art of the Deal. That might give you a little insight of what he, how he does this. But, you know, he's threatened billions of dollars of uh, 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 billions, hundreds of billions of dollars in trade tariffs against China today, today. Now, did you also take note this week that the trade gap declined 6.6%? That's the lowest in 19 months. Now, why is that important? Do you know that every month and every quarter, every quarter we deduct the trade deficit for that quarter from our national income and that that goes right down to reducing our GDP? If we did not have such a big trade gap, if we had no trade gap at all, if we had a surplus, it would add to our GDP. But as a deficit, it as a debt, you know, we'd have to deduct whatever billions of dollars is off our GDP growth, and we've been doing it for years. So we've had subpar growth simply because of our trade deficit. Did you know that? And now that there's, it went down, went down here, first time in 19 months, that, that's why the quote-unquote experts out there are, are increasing the GDP expectations for the, third, for the second quarter when we get those reports next week. Hmm, interesting. Hard to believe, but it's a shortened market week is already over. However, we still got about 10 minutes left on the program, so let's talk about how to grow your money. Get your calls in now, 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, 10 stocks that account for all the S&P 500's first half gains. Which are they? Should you jump in? That's Monday. But now, Steve is ready and waiting for your calls. He'll have answers to your financial questions. The lines are open. 888-99-CHART. Hello, my name is Andrew from uh, New York. My question is, uh, I was curious, where do you go to find a historical range for such things as the PE of a company? If you want to find like the lower and the, and the upper range to try to track it as a relative basis to where it is now. Thank you. Well, I buy the data, okay? I buy the data. It's called, I get the, called Market Smith. 
Um, and uh, it's an online service, uh, and it costs, I don't know, $100 a month. I really don't know exactly how much it costs. And it gives me the range. You can find it on the Internet for free, but it's hard. It's a lot of work. you got to go to different places to find it. Um, and I don't know off the top of my head where it, where it is that you can go back as I can five years. But it's out there. It's just hard to find. So, and why is that important? Price-earnings ratio, P.E. ratio, range for the last five years. Well, you know, it's a good way to evaluate a company. For instance, we talked about Dana, Dana Corporation. Their low is six, and their high is 107. Okay, P.E. range for the last five years. And why is it so high? Because about five years ago, that's when they only made 22 cents a share. So that means, and the stock was, the high of that year was 23. You know, that's that's pretty high. So what's the average range? Okay, how you can figure out the values, take the low of the P.E. range, which is 6 for Dana Corporation, times next year's earnings of $3.20. 6 times $3.20. That's the low of the stock price if it goes to the low of its last five years. Okay, that's 18... 18, uh, 19, $19 or so. And it's a $20.38 stock right now. So it's really close to the low of its range. That's what you're buying if you buy it today. That's why I like it. It's at the low. Doesn't mean it can't go lower. It can, of course it can't. But you're just trying to improve your odds of buying at a low price. That's what you're doing. You're trying to, this particular stock, buying at a low price. Now, one thing you would look at further is look at the PE range of the whole sector. This sector is auto truck original equipment sector. What's the range of the sector? I don't, I, you know, it's impossible to share with you on this radio show everything that we look at before we buy a stock. It's impossible. I am only giving you bullet points of the highlights when you're asking about a particular stock. So it's, it's, it's a difficult thing to do. Okay. So we talked about, you know, we talked about the various issues that are facing our market. And the three main issues, if I can leave you with this before we take the break, is the Federal Reserve is raising rates. The stock market doesn't like that. The election is coming up in November, first part of November. The stock market doesn't like that. Remember, the stock market doesn't like things that are, that are not settled. And the third thing is this trade war. Those three things are weighing heavily on investors' mind, okay? Uh, how that's going to affect the future of corporate earnings. How, how, what's going to happen? And that's why you're seeing a lot of struggle of prices, even though the economy is doing very well, even though earnings is very high. But the stock market's not cheap either. It's, it's not inexpensive. It's not, it's not expensive as it used to be, but it's not cheap either. Why is it that? Because the stock market's been kind of moving sideways all this year while earnings are increasing. But it is hanging over everybody's head. Okay, and that's the problem we have in the current market. But from the low of this year, which is the midterm, first year of a president's midterm election, very consistent that we have a rally. That's why I'm telling you, that's why you hear me. One of the reasons why you hear me telling you to buy the dips. Buy 
the dips in the market. Make sure you buy good solid companies. You know, don't buy junk. Don't buy small cap uh, penny stocks. Don't buy my, the micro cap stocks. There's, there's rules that you have for all your listeners if you listen to me at any length of time. Okay? Thanks for today, everybody. Another Talk radio show destined for our podcast archives at investtalk.com. Your questions made it all work, made it all worthwhile, and I appreciate it. I hope you learned something of value. So thank you, and please enjoy your weekend. I'm Steve Peasley, and Justin Klein and I will be here on Monday next week. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for listeners to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein are principals of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, which retains all rights.